I'm Paolo Cuomo, and today I'm delighted to be speaking with Matthew Grant. Matthew is not only a partner at Instech London, but he's also a director at Abonite, a company which helps those in the insurance field who want to better understand how to get the most out of data and analytics. This evening, Matthew is speaking to us about the recent uh, life and health event that Instech London organised. So, Matthew, Tell us a little bit about why, after all the focus in the, the P&C space, that's obviously London's forte, you decided it was time to talk about life and health a bit. Well, I think we all know, Paolo, that there is a lot going on in life and health. Indeed, some of the early insurtech companies were based around life and health propositions and have got a lot of publicity and also a lot of funding. Uh, it's kind of interesting always to learn what's going on in other industries. And I think particularly for, you know, what the sort of the cousins across the road, if you like, in, in life and health are doing some interesting things. So we thought it'd be an interesting experiment to see if we could bring some of the new companies uh, to the London market, even if it wasn't specifically areas that people are working in. It's always quite uh, it's inspirational and helpful to see what people are doing elsewhere. That, that makes sense. And I, I understand that, you know, there was a sense that maybe people wouldn't actually be be that interested but it sounds like there was plenty of demand to turn up to the event is that correct yeah i mean we sold out within three days of the event going live you know we we, we had uh, full capacity of 270 people we were delighted and, and also on the evening itself we had over a third of the people turning up who had never been to an instec london event before and i think it's part of the the success of what we've been doing is that our events now are getting more widely published, published or publicised beyond just our uh, events themselves. Quite a few people had, had heard about it through secondary sources. Well, that, that's obviously great, but I think also very interestingly, then you're saying that maybe two thirds of the people were were, were inverted commas regulars, and and they are from the the PNC space, most of them. So that clearly suggests that, as you say, there there is interest from plenty of people to to learn from, from the other sectors. So maybe talk us through a, a bit about what the, the similarities and differences of the challenges facing startups in the life and health space are. Well, yeah, I think I'd say one of the intriguing things about the life and health space is that intuitively, it's a lot easier to see how technology and in particularly the use of wearables and, and other ways of influencing health is going to in, improve health and therefore have an impact on insurance. I think with with the property and casualty, it's, you know, whilst we can understand how some of the analytics and data can help understanding you know, better analytics for underwriting, it can be difficult to really get a really clear view on where the real value is and quite difficult to actually convince underwriters today still of uh, the, the value of some of the analytics out there. But you know, the great thing about the life and health space is that if somebody is, for example, uh, you know, using a device that tracks how many steps they're taking each day, uh, that's got a pretty clear correlation to to their general health. And so you know, the question then really is more about how to uh, how to distribute that, how to get people's attention, how to price the insurance correctly. But you know, fundamentally, it's pretty clear to everybody that there is going to be a fairly high correlation between activity uh, and health and therefore a, a lower underwriting risk so, so at a simple level you know one could say okay that's a, a win-win for the the insurer and for the individual but but realistically once you sort of move beyond the the the, the keen people at the start is everyone going to want to sort of quantify themselves in the same way and share the data with the the insurers do, do we think that's going to be straightforward 
Well, that yeah, you're absolutely spot on. I mean, that is the one of the key areas of determining how successful this is going to be. And I think ultimately, in insurers or in life insurers or, or health insurers are going to have to get a little bit more creative about how they track people's inf- people's information. And, and of course, you know, not everybody wants to be tracked. And in fact. Yeah, you, you probably would expect that the less people do exercise, the less likely they are to want to pass that information on to their insurers. So we're certainly going to see yeah, an early wave, and, and we have with companies like Vitality that are providing very clear incentives and rewards for people that are exercising. Uh, I think you know, the, 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 the trick is going to be how to figure out a way to uh, to nudge other people into healthy activities without requiring them to wear something on their wrist and, and disclose all of their activities or, or lack of activity you know day to day good no and, and your use of the word nudge leads matthew raises a a question that i know our listeners like to talk about a bit which is the, the use of buzzwords in the space so we've got phrases such as quantified self and the internet of me what what's your feeling is is there anything from the buzzword buzzword point of view that's that's useful or that's different to what things mean in the pnc arena yeah, you know, we, we had a few more on uh, on Monday, as you expect. So uh, sentients who do individual risk, risk profiling, we're talking about contextual intelligence and lifestyle-based insurance, which has even got its own acronym of LBI. Uh, but, you know, the reality is that for most people who are going to be buying these types of products, it needs to be as simple as possible. And, and we, if we get too close to technology and too obsessed by the new words, we tend to actually put people off. So, I, you know, my suggestion for anybody in this space is just to try and keep it as as simple as possible, both in the words used, but also in the way the proposition is described to the uh, to the end consumer. Good. Now, what um, what I know people are talking about is the impact of GDPR or broadly sort of data protection generally. Is there a, a feeling from the companies and startups that this is going to be a problem, or or are they happy that they can overcome any potential issues there? Oh, hello, Palo, I've lost you. Um, so the, the question Hello. is around GDPR. Um, so are our company thinking that GDPR and data protection in general are going to be a, a challenge for them or are they comfortable that they can overcome that? Yeah, you know, it's, it's a very good question. And I, I think you could ask that of lots of industries out there. We didn't hear a lot about GDPR on Monday, but the reality is that you know, from a legal perspective, there is going to be a lot of uh, examination of of how people's data is being used and stored and the flip side to it is that you know we're all going to have the ability to go and uh, both ask for all the data that's being collected upon us to be given to us in a machine readable format and actually also for that data to be scrubbed so i think it'll heighten the awareness of what is happening with the data that that is being tracked about us and i and i you know i see this taking a while to play out you know on the one hand it could make people a little bit more uh, conservative and, and, and concerned about providing data when they really understand how much is being tracked about them. But I think the flip side, once it settles down and people do realize that actually they, they do have control over their data and they can they, they themselves can define who sees it, you know, I think there can be some really real benefits coming out uh, because that's actually very powerful if the data is being collected in one place and you, you personally can uh, can allocate that to somebody and, and benefit from it. But yeah, that's not going to be suitable for everybody. And I, I think it's going to take a year or two before it settles settles down. No, I'm, I'm sure it will. But it's, it's good that it doesn't sound and feel like that's a, the primary obstacle. 
Um, maybe sort of to wrap up on the questions then, then Matthew, which of the, the companies both that you saw the, the other Monday night, but more generally in this space are the ones that are really exciting you? Uh, well, I think the ones that are the most fun, I wouldn't necessarily say they're the most exciting, but was uh, was Stylith. So that was the first uh, the first fashion in Shorter we'd had on this on the Steel Yard catwalk, and they've they've come up with a rather clever way of uh, measuring people's size, which is, you could argue is a kind of low tech way of doing it, which is they they are uh, looking at the size of clothes people order from them, and the more people's um, size reduces in the clothes they order, the higher their discounts that they will provide on on a certain fashion brands. So I think they certainly win the award for being the most creative. Um, the one that I thought was seemed to be finding a really useful niche was uh, enables me, and they've identified that only five percent of SMEs are being are buying um, a PMI, private medical insurance. Um, but this is a this is a big issue for SMEs when people go off sick and it takes them take them weeks to get treatment and they're out of work and your PMI is a very comprehensive insurance more comprehensive than it really needs to be for employers so it enables me is coming up with an alternative to PMI that will still give people treatment but actually at a much lower cost and, and they reckon that 75% of SMEs would buy some kind of health insurance if it was more cost effective so I you know I really like the concept um, Matthew Reed, who who's one of, who's one of the founders, has got a background in insurance, so he knows the business, and he's actually already developed a relationship with uh, with AXA to support him for this. Excellent. Okay, well that's that, that's two that we'll keep an eye on. It sounds like there's there's lots of other exciting ones out there. Uh, most people are aware of, and it's still worth a look at is uh, is Vitality. In fact, they they they've been advertising quite widely on the on the underground just now for a free watch and. And uh, if you sort of dig into the details, you, if you walk 10,000 steps every day for uh, for two years, you get yourself a free Apple Watch, which is you know, a nice, straightforward um, offer to understand and actually might be quite useful from health benefits along the way. Well, so that, that, that's certainly interesting and could potentially explain the, the gentleman I saw in a plane recently walking up and down the plane for the entire transatlantic flight. He may well have been desperately chasing his 10,000 steps. Um, so, so thank you for your thoughts, Matthew. Um, as, as you said at, at the start, there was a sort of bit of a risk taking a, a, a life and health event. Um, it sounds like it paid off. What else is in the pipeline for Instate London events in the coming months? Well, the whole range of different areas. So we're, we're very intrigued what's going on in the regulatory space and in reg tech. I've uh, got a few companies lined up for that. Uh, we've been talking to the uh, the British Embassy in, in Israel and a, quite a few companies in Israel with a view to doing an Israel tech over in London, bringing some of the technologies over from, from that part of the world. Uh, and we've been getting a lot of great feedback from the show and tell that we did about five weeks ago. I think people really like the format where they can they can actually see some of this technology in action and get their hands on it. So uh, it looks like we should we should be doing one of those in the spring again. Excellent. Well, that, that's great. So um, thank you, Matthew Grant. Just to check, the best place for people to track you down, I guess, is is it on LinkedIn, where you post quite regularly some quite thoughtful, some quite thoughtful articles on, on InsureTech? Is there anywhere else they should look for you? Yeah, we should also worthwhile checking in the instec.london website, which we are in the process of adding in some quite interesting new features to. So that, that has the, the write-ups of all of our previous events, um, plus some plus some videos and uh, links to uh, to all of us in Instech London. Brilliant, yeah. So instech.london is a website, uh, instech underscore London on Twitter, 
And I think that there's a whole range of videos, as you mentioned, that are available at bit.ly um, slash InsureTech videos. So, um, <clears throat> Matthew, thank you for your time and for your thoughts. Um, thank you to the listeners. There'll be plenty more podcasts coming up um, in the, the last few weeks of the year. And um, uh, good luck with all your InsureTech activities. Thank you, Matthew Grant. Thanks, Paolo.